I want to present myself in a way that allows them to feel open and honest and seen and heard and appreciated. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Terry Lepofsky, and a huge thank you for joining us. This week, we're going to explore the topic of leading from within with an amazing guy that I can't wait to introduce you to, Mr. Peter Clark. Peter, a huge welcome to you, and thank you for being here on Inspiring Leaders. Terry Lepofsky, my friend. I'm so happy to be here. I thank you for asking me to be here. Love your show. Well, thank you very much. What leader has inspired Peter Clark and why? That's a loaded question. I think you already know this story, uh, Terry, but if your listeners haven't, I had the great pleasure of meeting Sir Richard Branson, the Virgin Group. And of course, he's always a, a very highly sought after iconic leader around the world for speaking engagements and for people to want to interact with him. So for me to have that interaction with him on his island for four days, amazing. So he is a person that has always inspired me. His story alone should inspire anybody. Someone who's dyslexic, didn't do well in school, started a magazine at 16 years old. From there, started a mailing records. Right. He's created a record store and from there created a record company. He signed bands like with Virgin, his label at that time, he signed like the Rolling Stones and Peter Gabriel. And then from there, he, he went on to build his empire, which is something like 400 companies. So it's really about his philosophy of how he treats people. And I think that alone should be something that people pay attention to when it comes to leadership is how do you treat people, especially those that can't help you. I notice if you go to a lunch meeting and you watch how that person speaks to the server or the person that is helping them, that'll tell you a lot about that person. So how do you treat people? I know he treats people exactly how you would imagine. Just what you see is what you get with that gentleman. He always creates spaces for people to be creative and to grow and to learn and to make mistakes without having the fear of being fired. That's his style of how he builds his businesses. So I'm looking at a photo right now of you and Sir Richard Branson. Your arms are around each other and you guys are laughing hysterically. <laughs> My guitar in that one? Your guitar is in that one. And, uh, <laughs> and the two of you guys look like you're having such a good time. And it goes right back to what you just said. Not only is he an inspiring leader, but it really comes down to when you watch somebody, how they interact with people and how they treat everybody around them. Absolutely. That was one of the most an amazing experience, but it was, it was so encouraging and it reminded me that we're all the same. If you're a good person, having money just makes you more of what you are. So if you're a good person, it just makes you more of that. So, you know, he started from nothing, gained tremendous accolades and of course grew an amazing company. What a great example. And you know what? You and I have known each other for a few years now, and we've worked on different projects together in different locations. You're the founder and president of Red TV. It's an incredible media production company. You guys are based in Calgary, and you're also in the process of launching the Philanthropy Channel so that the rest of us finally have something good and inspiring to watch on TV. Every time I see you, what amazes me the most is how you are a magnet for other people. When you and I have jumped in a taxi cab in the past, the driver instantly feels like you're that person's long lost brother. <laughs> when we stay in hotels, there's invariably a crowd of staff around you 
by about the second day. Everybody knows your name and everybody ends up feeling like they're your best friend. Well, I appreciate that. You've got an amazing way, an unbelievable way with people. And that's what I hope to chat about today is where that comes from. I know that we've talked a lot about leaders in the past, the fact that leaders need to lead themselves first before they can lead others. And I think that you're a walking, talking, real-life example of that. And as we record this, I'm actually looking at another photo right now of you and a small boy in Africa. In your hand is what I think is supposed to be a soccer ball. That's right. Although it's probably not a soccer ball. It looks like something wound up. So I know you've got some stories and I know that you've got some perspectives on leadership and that's what I was hoping you'd share with us today. Well, I appreciate that. No, that, yeah, and you're absolutely right. We've known each other for quite a while. We've uh, done some traveling together and, and I appreciate you thinking of me that way. People rarely see themselves the way other people see them. That, that's what it is. You're, you're a humble guy. Well, I appreciate that too. I'm tr- I, I try. I think, I think humility is certainly a part of uh, just trying to be a good person. So, uh, and I think that's where that stems from, it, how you treat people in, in my own life. I've had to come to terms in the last few years that I'm a very empathic person. If anyone knows somebody who's empathic or someone who considers themselves to be like that, you know what I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. Is there's a hypersensitivity to energy. I had to come to terms with that because, again, I'm a, I'm a very scientific sort of person. I love data and stats and science. And start, when you start moving over into the spiritual side of conversations, I'm all there. But I, I would never consider myself a religious person. So those two worlds come together for me on a regular basis. The golden rule is applicable no matter what your religion or your philosophy is, which is just treat others how you like to be treated. So when I jump into a cab and I'm speaking with somebody, I think of that person as somebody is uh, well worth getting to know and to ask questions, just another human being like me and just trying to feed their family and get through the day. And that's what I'm doing. And I feel we're here in the cab. Let's have a conversation. And most of the time, it's always fantastically interesting because I love travel. A lot of times people are from other places than Canada, and then they'll tell you their story. Nothing fascinates me more than someone's story of how did you go from there, wherever that was, uh, to where you are right now. And, And that's just fascinating. So I appreciate that. And for leaders to be inspiring to others, I think that that's a characteristic that you want to explore all the time. How do you treat people? Uh, how do you want to be treated? The golden rule, just like you said, whether it's in a hotel or in the service industry or the president of a company. That was one of the reasons why I had such an amazing experience on Necker Island with Branson. I thought in that environment, I would be just so starstruck, if you will, and just thinking, wow, these people are very, very successful. They're very well known and these kinds of things. And I just thought, like, who am I? I'm just this guy. With that humility, when you go up to somebody and introduce and you start talking, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just a guy, but so are you. You're just another person that would female or male doesn't matter it's you're just another person like me trying to figure things out trying to understand what you're all about as a person how to do business all of a sudden you just realize that they want to be treated the same way just a little bit of respect and kindness and compassion and a little bit of empathy and some fun and laughter and it's all the same stuff so i think that's what has always inspired me around people that call themselves leaders ones that are very in tuned they don't have to be uh, empathic that's for sure you don't have to be but i came to terms with the fact that i am and i and i'm sensitive to energy and uh, when i'm not treated well 
I recognize it immediately as well. So, uh, and that doesn't inspire me. I'm wondering when you're approaching somebody you've never met before, do you kind of see your role as setting the stage for somebody to feel comfortable, somebody to feel appreciated, like they matter? Like what goes through your head when you're approaching somebody? That's really insightful that you said that. Because I do feel like that. Absolutely. When I when I meet somebody for the first time, I want to be a conduit of taking them, if I can, play a role in allowing them just to be better. And I don't know what that means exactly. I want to present myself in a way that allows them to feel open and honest and seen and heard and appreciated. And it could be light and funny. It's not, this is not a Dr. Phil thing. I don't walk up to people and go, hey, tell me about your life. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> It's just that when I see somebody, I see them as just like me. Quick story to tell you exactly this. Yeah, sure. In Toronto, doing a workshop, a leadership workshop. And so this, I think he was a CFO or COO. I think he was like second in charge of this multi-billion dollar company. This only happened a couple of months ago. So it was really funny. Yeah. I'm there with all my equipment and he's coming in to speak to the group. So I'm going to mic him up. So the, he walks into the room. Someone brings him over to me and introduces him, says, this is Craig. I didn't know who he was, but everyone in the room seemed to know who he was. And so, uh, so I was putting the mic on him. Of course, you're really close. You're, you know, you're putting it on the shirt and stuff. So I said, so yeah, what, so what's your name again? And he goes, Craig. And he gave me his last name. I said, okay. I said, so, so what do you do around here? <laughs> he looked at me and kind of smiles. He goes, I'm the COO. I'm the chief operating officer. It's like, oh, okay, good for you. That's awesome. And so what are you going to talk about today? And so I went right into, okay, cool. So you're, you know, and, and we were just talking. Yeah. All of a sudden, I just felt he was bantering, just talking back and forth and, we we're on first name basis immediately. All this idea that you're somebody and I'm not or vice versa, all that kind of goes away when you just go up and say, hey, how you doing? What's your name again? Oh, yeah. What do you do? There's a humility to that. And I think if you approach people like that, they sense it, they feel it. And then, of course, you just you have a great opportunity to learn about yourself and to learn about that person and make a new friend. No matter who they are, whether they're running an organization or whether they are working frontline with the clients or even supporting those frontline employees. Absolutely. Like a COO of a, of a multi-billion dollar corporation, you know, has a lot of responsibility, a lot of things on their mind, pretty serious in most cases. And when someone approaches them like, I don't know who you are, but I'm here to help you and get through what we're doing right now, like an interview or whatever, there's something that comes across like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm just another human being like this guy, like Peter is. I think people resonate with that. I really do. So where does it go wrong? Why do we have so many leaders out there? And I'll use that term loosely with a small L leader. Why do we have so many leaders out there that don't see that the way that they're treating other people isn't showing others that they matter or that they're respected? I think we're going through a renaissance right now of this subject matter. And of course, you know, it's so easy for me to go to the elephant in the room. This is 2017. I only have to say that phrase and everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. But we only have to look around the world at the global global stage and see why there's a disconnect between this term leader and leadership and what it means to people, the idea of what it is, and then what it's actually being portrayed at that highest level. So there's people that are in leadership positions that should never be there. And of course, there's also people that are quietly being leaders in their community and their organizations that don't have titles that you would consider to be a leader. So what's going wrong? What's happening? Why are we finding people that shouldn't be in a leadership role actually in those roles? 
the idea that some people are in leadership positions who aren't getting results, who are doing things the wrong way, who seem to not care, who are more interested in the position than the actual purpose of what they're there to do, to serve, this servant leadership idea, for example, or you know, people who demean and belittle others and, and these kinds of things. Is that leadership? The idea of inspiring leadership, like the name of this podcast, the, the idea of inspired leaders. History has shown us right across time that there are many people that, quote unquote, have inspire people to action. But the big question is, is it a moral action? Are we moving people in a direction for good? Are we actually looking back through history and say, wow, how did that happen? And then yet, you know, start reliving it again ourselves. Now, that's at the, you know, obviously at the global level, but that's right down to your local neighborhoods, at the hockey arena, with hockey parents, it's at your school, it's in your organization. Are people actually treating others and moving the concept of leadership forward in a way that is what we would consider the moral objective of making people better and empowering them to be better? So one of my favorite phrases, I mean, I just love this phrase, and it could be my Angelo, watch what people do and they'll show you who they are. So I have always lived by that personally, meaning that when I meet somebody and they're nice and we're having a great conversation, that's great. That's wonderful. It's a great starting point. As the relationship builds and grow, you just watch what they do. When you watch what they do, they'll tell you exactly, exactly who they are. When they do, you believe them. You believe them the first time. Don't let it repeat itself multiple times because they're going to show you exactly who they are. If you're not inspiring people and you're not walking the talk, if you will, there's so many great leadership gurus out there that I follow and read. I have so many books on the subject matter. I wish I was more of a quotable person, whether it's Tony Robbins or Les Brown or on the, more of the spiritual side, whether it's Wayne Dyer, Michael Beckwith, you know, all of these leaders that talk about how to be a better person or how to lead people. Jim Rohn is another one as an example. And one of the things I actually have it here pinned up with a couple other phrases that I try to live by. So I'll give you a quote by Jim Rohn. You know, the challenge of leadership is to be strong, but not rude. Be kind, but not weak. Be bold, but not bully. Be thoughtful, but not lazy. Be humble, but not timid. Be proud, but not arrogant. Have humor, but without folly. All of those characteristics, the idea of humility, the idea of being kind, but not weak. There's a difference. That's another one of my favorite phrases. You know, never mistaken my kindness for weakness. You can be kind and still be a, a strong leader. So those are the things that I think that are breaking down. It's that golden rule idea. How we treat each other is paramount to how a leader is going to be able to paint a vision and then have people follow them. And I think that that's where we're watching it. We're watching it break down at a global level. We're watching it then sometimes happen right in our own organizations. I think the word awareness comes to mind a lot for me. I think there are several dimensions in which people become removed or they just never really arrived at that level of awareness that they need in order to lead other people. And what I'm talking about is maybe being a little under aware of the purpose that they have as a leader or perhaps their role as a leader. They're trying to fix things for other people. Right. Or they're unaware of their actions and behavior and the effect on other people. Or perhaps they become unaware of the path that they're taking in order to achieve a goal. In other words, they become so married to a goal that they don't realize that their actions are actually detached from that goal. Right. Examples like WorldCom and Enron or Briex or Bernie Madoff come to mind when I start thinking about people that became too married to their goal and forgot about which path they were going to take to get there. 
I couldn't agree more. You hit it on the head. We, we talked about this before about this idea of determining whether someone is a leader and then what is that outcome? Is that good leadership? If a CEO and the executive team have a very specific goal, most of the time it has to do with stock price and revenues and these kinds of things. How do you get there? Is that a leader that you would say they've executed a plan and did a really good job? It's kind of like the idea of philanthropy. You mentioned the idea that starting a television network, and this is what I firmly believe that you become what you see and hear the most. And if you are constantly watching you know, mainstream media, you would believe that the world truly is crumbling, but it's not. There's amazing, quiet heroes out there doing amazing things in the world of philanthropy, giving back and making a difference. And they're everywhere. So we don't see that. And so the idea of philanthropy, diving into that world for me has been a journey to say the least. And along that journey, I've realized that not everybody involved with philanthropy are necessarily altruistic. They might be leaders in their community and they might be known as quote unquote philanthropists in their community. In my experience has, has also demonstrated that in meeting these people, getting back to my empathic ways and my ability to believe what people do tells you more than what they say, demonstrates to me that that's not always true. They might write a big check. Maybe they bring awareness because of their celebrity status. But then you sit and talk with them one-on-one -on -one and you realize, oh, you have another motive for being philanthropic. There in the essence is the question, is that a leader? Is that a person who is making a difference in their community, shining a light on a problem, maybe even writing a check, but their reasons are all in a very different direction? Is that good? Is that leadership? There's that question again. What is an inspiring leader? Is it getting the result or is it actually morally moving the compass in a particular direction? This is what's fascinating. And so it crosses the world of philanthropy and nonprofit. It crosses the world of business, Bay Street and Wall Street. And of course, it crosses with our daily lives, people that we look up to in our own communities who represent themselves as leaders. So fascinating stuff. That's another reason getting back to the beginning with Branson. I love his approach to people, planet, profit. He is a leader that talks that language, is open to the idea of alternative ways to make money and to make sure that you're leaving the planet as good as you found it, if you can, if not better. And at the same time, you know, appeasing those three things, people, planet, profit. And uh, so that to me is inspiring as an example. I think we've really talked about the fact that awareness and leading from within is part of what's really needed to create inspiring leadership. What are the biggest challenges that you see facing many of today's leaders? There you go. Self-awareness. I'll answer it from my own perspective. I'm absolutely exhausted with constantly being in the learning curve. And that's not a bad thing. I highly recommend to everybody to read as much as you can. Obviously, learn from others. Why reinvent the wheel? All of the one-liners that you can think of that will improve yourself. Uh, but there comes a time when you got to take action. You actually have to do. And I know for me, I'm completely exhausted with another seminar, another workshop, another book. Not to say that they're not good. Go do those things. Absolutely. But it's got to come to the point of self-awareness where you recognize, wow, am I really just a professional student of learning leadership or am I actually out there exercising those qualities and those characteristics in my family, in my business, in the world? Am I bringing my gift to the world? And those worlds are colliding for me on a regular basis right now, which is, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I constantly looking for that next book or that next speaker or that next leader, quote unquote, to show me the way? Or do I have it within? You know, when you live on this planet for multiple decades, <laughs> I'm not going to give that one away just yet. Yeah. I think I have learned a lot and I've experienced a lot. 
I've read a lot and I've been to those workshops and and now it's time to do. So the challenge I think with leaders today is self-awareness, the ability to recognize that you probably have most of the answers. You really do. Then you try to surround yourself with people who can encourage you and inspire you to be your best self and then go out and do that. So whatever you're great at uh, naturally and people see you as that, go do more of that. You don't need a book to tell you that. You don't need another YouTube video that inspires you and pumps you up. You already have those answers. So the the leader within, the person that, that you are today has gotten you here to this point. Now it's time to do. That's the mode I want to go into 2018 with. It's time to do. Is that inspired leadership to you? That is inspiring leadership. Again, two sides of that coin, walk in your talk. There's some uh, people in history who have walked their talk and have done some really great things on this planet and the opposite. There's some people who walk their talk and they're not doing great things in this world. But, you know, bad things happen when good people stay silent. So and a lot of leaders, people who are scared to speak up because they don't see themselves as a leader, it's quite the opposite. When you feel that internally in your soul, in your spirit of who you are, that you want to exercise your right to speak about something, you should do that. You should be that leader and find that. So that inspires me when I see people walking their talk, doing what they say. Again, watch what people do. That'll tell you everything. It's so much easier to measure what somebody is doing and then follow that. And that's inspiring leadership because when you see it, I think that's why some of these videos that you see, I know for on the philanthropy channel, when I post inspiring stories that have video content to them and you actually see somebody give an act of kindness or do an act of kindness, it moves you. It it moves you in a way that, you know, sometimes it brings tears to your eyes because you see someone doing good for somebody else. It inspires you. So action, if that's inspired leadership, then I want to be part of that. I want to be a person that people think, wow, he talks a pretty good game, but he also kind of walks it. And not all the time, but you learn from the times you fall down, you get up, but just walk your talk. And I find that very, very inspiring. I think you're onto something big. And it reminds me of a story that I read about Richard Branson years ago, where he was sitting waiting for a plane that was being delayed longer and longer. And as he sat there walking around the departures lounge, waiting for the flight to go, he made up his mind that he was going to start his own airline. And that's where Virgin Airlines was actually born. And it also reminds me of a quote by Richard Branson, which I pulled up while you were chatting. It says, if someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure you can do it, say yes. Bingo. Then learn how to do it later. Bingo. I think your advice is brilliant. I appreciate that. No, and that is another great quote that I'm familiar with as well. And I think when people demonstrate through action what they believe in, it's very easy to measure. So if if you're kind to people, it kind of tells me a little bit about your heart and where you're at. If you treat people in a certain way, with respect and dignity. It just tells me a little bit about your own character. And then, of course, the opposite is true. You've showed us and you've helped us to explore how we can lead from within. I want to thank you for that, Peter Clark. People are going to want to connect with you. How are they going to find you? Just uh, redtv.ca, red like the color, so redtv.ca. Drop me a note there through that website. I'll definitely respond to anybody who's uh, interested in chatting further about this. And I love what you're doing too, because inspiring leaders, just just so much conversation to be had and so much to be learned from these conversations. So I appreciate you just letting me be a part of it. I'm going to put the link to redtv.ca down in the show notes. I'll also put the link to the Philanthropy Channel's website and to you on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you for being part of Inspiring Leaders and for sharing all of your fabulous perspectives with us. Thank you, Terry. And keep up the good work. I love the show. We need more inspired leaders around the world. So uh, hats off to you and what you're trying to do as well.
And I also want to take just a moment and thank our listeners. You guys are the reason that we can attract great guests like Peter Clark. And I want to challenge anybody who's listening today to head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a comment. That feedback is important to the ranking system on iTunes. The higher we rank, the more other people will find us and hear us, and we want to get this message out there to people. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. We hope that we've inspired you and that you'll take some time to inspire others and pay it forward. Thanks very much, and bye for now. 